This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm very good. How are you? I'm just fine. Um, I have to say I'm enjoying the weather up here. I love it. It's been very nice. The sunsets have been spectacular. How about about last night? Oh, it's incredible. I just wish that I could, I knew how to take pictures with my iPhone camera that would capture the depth of those colors. Because all it looks like is just, you know, it's there. But it doesn't capture the depth of it. And I, I just, I know there's a way to do it, but I don't know how to do it. I don't feel like paying a guy 300 bucks for a course to figure it out. <laughs> but anyway, it was, it was wonderful. And we've had some really, really good meals up here. I've been doing some cooking that I didn't normally do. I did some pork chops puttanesca last night um, on the stove. You know, I just said I'm sick of things being done out on the grill. I'm tired of it. I just wanted to do something different. So we had some uh, corn from uh, Jersey. Had some. I had lunch with my friends from college on Tuesday in Allentown, and one of them is from New Jersey, and they actually own. I don't know how many acres of land, thousands of acres of land in in the, the farm country. And this didn't come from their farm because their corn is is sold for animals. So they don't do that. But she stopped at a local food stand and brought peaches and corn. And I was beyond thrilled. So we had some bratwurst the other night, which is another thing I don't normally have. But I thought, let me do something different. We had some bratwurst and some Jersey corn, and it was just so good. And last night we had that uh, pork chops, puttanesca, wonderful. Really enjoyed it immensely. So I well, I love I guess busying myself by cooking. Well, that's a yeah. good thing. I think everybody has during this uh, time and with yeah. everything out there. 
It's mm-hmm. uh, the uh, between the farmers markets and um, your own yard. Um, things are great. We and uh, as you know, you know how big um, we have a decent sized garden this year, and yes. uh, things are like growing like crazy. We have had three so far zucchini that are as big as the um, the club thing that Bam Bam carries. Um, and they're gi- they're gigantic. Um, we had one eggplant that I used actually in a, uh, I did a um, a sauce last week or this week of um, onions from my culinary from the mulberry bush from Hopkins Farm, and um, I did. Uh, tomatoes which weren't from anybody they were from Wegmans but nonetheless baby like grape tomatoes and then we and um, my eggplant and sauteed that with capers and olive oil and a little shot of vinegar and put that over with fresh grated parmesan over uh, cavatelli and had that with a big salad it was fabulous I made this Mm. week as as well so it's kind of neat when you um, see some of those things that you get from the garden or from the farmer's markets and you turn them into delicious things. And I don't yeah. care whether you're cooking on the grill or inside. It's about the eating outside that I love. I mean, I just like yeah. to just walk out. And it's been a good year to do that. I mean, we've been out almost every night. It's been, I mean, hotter than you know what. But it's it's been great. And uh, yesterday, I visited my boys. Um, Sean and I went in to visit Tommy just for lunch and to pick up something at some things at this gluten-free bakery that we love in New York City. So we took a ride in and met Tommy at an out and sat outside and had one of our favorite pizzas and uh, picked up our goodies and the best bagels, gluten-free bagels ever. They're just like normal bagels, and uh, we—I mm-hmm. don't care where I have to go to get things, I go. So um, <laughs> it was hot. It was nice, and then it's all of a sudden this big wave of humidity kind of yeah. swept over the financial district, which is where we were, and at, at at least that was to have lunch. It was beautiful, and then all of a sudden, and then it rained right after, which is why it was so humid then. But, um, you know, New York is not, I mean, it was busy, but it certainly isn't what it always was. But I will tell you what I love that they're doing is all of the restaurants that have adapted to this outdoor situation and these outdoor areas that has have been created it is amazing to see the creativity of some of these restaurateurs and what the the extent of which they've gone to be able to continue to hold some type of normal way about sitting or eating out opposed to a carryout situation Lynn it's Amazing. I mean, I can only imagine what it looks like at night. We were there during the day with all the lights and the way things. It was. It's really, really, mm-hmm. really neat looking what they've done. And um, it's. It was. It was a beautiful day driving up Riverside Drive because we went, you know, on the Hudson Henry Hudson or West Side Highway, whatever West Side baby, and flew. We went up there to to the bakery and. That is so beautiful because you have the park on one side and these beautiful old buildings on the other. It was it was just a perfect day, and it was just such a nice. We left there literally by 3.15, and we were home at 5.30. Wow. 
That's yep, pretty we took good. the George Washington Bridge and right to eighty, and it was it was perfect. So we uh, we had a nice we had a nice day, and um, it was good to see Tommy. And of course, Tommy's in the throes of the beginning weeks of his uh, masters at NYU. So um, he's and they're busy days from nine to five thirty, nine to six, um, Monday through Saturday. Is he actually going to the campus or is no? No, it's virtual. No, it's yeah, it's virtual. It was supposed to be in okay. person for five weeks, but um, it's it's not. So, um, but he's you know he's just he's loving it. He loves it, loves it, and uh, and it's risk management and masters in risk management, which is so important right now. So all of the stuff these like catch words and phrases, and he's it's just amazing. So he's yeah mm-hmm. he's loving it, but he only had a very short window of opportunity to get from um, over. He, he lives like about three blocks, a block and a half from this restaurant um, that's called Keste. And it's right on the corner. Um, it's on Gold Street in the financial district. And I didn't, Tommy didn't even realize how close, you know, Sean said, my God, he's, he's so close to South, the South Street Seaport, Lynn, as you know, because of yeah. um, Tyler. That is yep. a great area. I love that it's old New wonderful. York look. Love it's it. It's wonderful. So um, we were there, and it was a beautiful day to be there. And um, hats off to New Yorkers, because I have to tell you, Lynn, everybody, everybody, everybody had a mask. Everybody. They were uh, they were kind. They were polite. You know, walking down the street, there wasn't one person who didn't do what they were supposed to do. I didn't see one person. There's a hospital, metro, uh, I can't think of the hot Pace University is right there. And then there's a hospital, I can't remember the name, it's right across the street. And, I mean, it's a very busy area, and everybody um, was doing what they were supposed to do. So, um, hats off, New Yorkers, because they were doing well. So that was our uh, that was our uh, exciting week. Sean's been home, and he'll be going back to start his second, his third, and final year 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 at law school at Yale. My big name dropper, Yale Law School. Did I tell you my son's going to Yale Law School? Anyway, uh, yeah, um, yeah, and he's all he's all set. When he finishes, he'll go to work. He studies for the bar, the New York bar. Um, and then after he's finished with that, he'll start at the law firm in October of next year. And then he will work until the end of the year. And then the beginning of the year, 2022, that's when he starts his clerkship in Brooklyn for one year. And then he'll go back to the law firm. Mm -hmm. So it's a little jumping around and doing what he has to do. But, um, and I, 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 you know, I said, now, Sean, that's the bar. You, you'll take the New York bar, right? And he said, yes. So, well, lots well, of stuff ahead my, of him. I was with my nephew, um, who's a year ahead of Sean as far as his um, progress within that, that same game you have to play. I was with him on Sunday of last week in the Philadelphia area. We had a baby shower for my niece, Mara Gilbert Dubois. That is her new name. And um, it was great to see the family, even though we were all masked and, you know, couldn't do the big hugs like we wanted to. But um, 
it was we hadn't seen each other since Christmas. And and that's not normal for us because we usually do get together very often for his birthday in April and sometime in the summer, but it just didn't happen. And so um, it was lovely. We went to a place called the Flower Town uh, Country Club, and it was about 10 minutes away from uh, Chestnut Hill, that area where my sister is and, and now Mara is as well. And um, went back to see the, the place that my mom had lived in next door to my sister and they had done some renovations to the kitchen and uh, Mara has the nursery all put together up on the third floor and they have officially moved in and that's where they're living and I wow, just think that's it's wonderful yeah it's great that's and great. I, was, I had a, a great conversation with Mara's husband Kevin and he's he was working with and is working with uh, a large uh, I guess it's a computer uh, software support program uh, similar to what um, no your older son Tommy what Tommy's Tommy. doing and and the thing is it's being done remotely and as is Tommy working remotely, but with Kevin, uh, it was an issue up front about whether or not this could be successful, but he said now with COVID forcing us to have to do this, it's giving us a whole new perspective on, um, on how we work together. And he said, I said, do you have to go back for anything? He said, they're telling us that as far as they're concerned, we can continue to work from home until well into next year maybe even mm-hmm. the summer. So it yeah. worked out so well for them. You know, I just, and, and Tim was telling me that the same thing you're talking about with Sean, he just finished his first year with uh, the law firm of uh, Drinker Biddle in Philadelphia. And he has, I think he said he has another six months or so, and then he starts his clerkship with a federal judge in Philly. And I said, and then what do you do? He said, well, then I can go back to the law firm. But he said, there are so many other options that open up once you do that. He said, uh, it's just fascinating. He said, I never knew. I said, well, good, so keep your options open. This sounds like a good thing. So it was just wonderful to see everybody and catch up on what everybody's doing. And it was just nice to get away to a place that was safe. I mean, we weren't going. We we had the the lunch was a um, a catered lunch, of course, in the country club. But it was served to us outside, and we ate outside, and it was a beautiful day. It was absolutely beautiful. And then, as the day progressed, you know, it got hotter and hotter, and finally, I just said, I can't do this anymore. So we came back. I was with Joan, and Joan and I drove back here, and it was a very pleasant drive and a very simple drive. I was really surprised at the lesser amount of traffic on Interstate 80 and and the Turnpike that on a Sunday, usually in the summer a year ago, that place would, would have been jammed going the other way. Everybody going uh-huh. back from the Poconos to Philly or New Jersey. It was usually just a parking lot, but it wasn't. 
So I think that's probably a good thing. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad we had the opportunity to go out and do this stuff and be together with our masks and everybody did the right thing. So, and Mara well, we enjoyed. Can yeah, Mara enjoyed everything. It was wonderful. I was so happy for her. So good. we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn show. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Okay, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director and financial planner with my own company called Women of Substance LLC, and that's uh, a, plan- a financial firm designed specifically for the planning needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and that's available on um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And before, I just have to say this because I don't usually talk politics, but I am thrilled with Joe Biden's choice of uh, uh, Kamala Harris. So I'm just putting that out there. Very, very happy. How did you feel about it? Same. She was actually yeah. my pick. Yeah, I was. I don't know the other ones all too well. I mean, I know who they are. One of them, um, I don't even know why was really in consideration, just because it didn't make any sense. Um, but all of, but but I think she's wonderful. I I just I I always liked her. I like her. I like she's tough, and I just and and I really just like her. I think she's great, and I think she's perfect for him. So, um, I just read Frank Bruni's. Uh, uh, article. Uh, he's a New York Times columnist, and I love to listen to him. And he just wrote, you know, the similarities of, um, uh, you know, several years back when Barack Obama picked Joe Biden. He was a, um, you know, a, a rival in the primary, and then he picked him. And he also had to get beyond a sarcastic, you know, a nasty comment that he made about Barack. And the same way with. Um, Joe getting over something that Kamala said, and I think that they're um, they're just poised to be um, in the in the in a good spot, and they're a good team. So I'm very very happy, very very happy. Good. So we'll see how it goes. We will see. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I I can't wait. Um, so. You, you said you have t- a couple things. You have a couple articles. I do. You were, you, yeah. And what are they I on? Think, well, this is one that I know we've talked about before, but just kind of like in a in a general way. And this article, when I saw it, I said, "Wow, this is really good." This is um, AARP's. It's not uh, something that I saw in one of the magazines. I think I actually caught this one online, but it's called. Seven reasons spouses and partners lie about money, <laughs> and we've we've called it financial infidelity. That that's really what it is. But it's just amazing when I read some of the things that people have done. It cracks me up because I can't believe that it it went unnoticed for so long. But anyway, here's um here's the story. Ten years have passed, and Lisa now sixty still asks herself, why didn't I see it coming? At the time, 
she and her husband, Andrew, were having, were living well, a spacious home in Chicago suburb, overseas travel, a kid in private school. For more than 15 years, Lisa, a successful doctor, had trusted the family finances to Andrew. Money was her husband's domain, she made clear to their financial advisor, which is probably why that advisor waited until their finances were a dumpster fire before he called. Lisa, do you know what your husband is doing? That's kind of like, do you know where your children are? You know, but I said, no, this is a good question. Do you know what your husband's doing? Andrew has spent huge chunks of their savings on cars, guitars, and charitable gifts. He had borrowed against their home and run up $250,000 in credit card debt. Very quietly, he nearly wiped them out. Sentence says what I would expect. Lisa divorced him. The two remained civil, but last year Andrew went to Lisa with a request. He had sixty thousand dollars in credit card debt and might have to sell one of his prized guitars. Could she spare some cash to tide him over? Oh my, my God. God. <laughs> my jaw was on the floor, Lisa says. I thought, can I divorce him again? We think of infidelity, we think our minds go straight to the bedroom. But infidelity can hit the pocketbook and wallet, too, when one spouse spends, borrows, withholds, or hides money without telling his or her partner. Such financial infidelity can damage a, mar a marriage just as much as the sexual type, if not more so. As one woman 70 recalls about going nuclear on her husband for secretly borrowing tens of thousands of dollars. He said to me, did I get credit for being faithful to you? And I said, no, I would much rather you had sex with an intern. At least I would have. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that incredible? Oh, wow. Anyway, here are some of the warning signs. The first one is, uh, let's see, wait a minute. Um, hiding receipts or purchases, lying about a price paid, spending money on children behind the spouse's back, saying the purchase was on sale after paying full price, secretly withdrawing money from savings, secretly getting a new credit card, covering up debt, or hiding a raise or a bonus. And then these are some of the reasons why. First of all is addiction. Drugs, shopping, gambling. Gambling. Just about yeah. any type of compulsion that requires cash can be the spark. Addiction and the shame that can go along with it is one of the most common reasons for financial infidelity. Um, Carol, 61, a teacher in New Jersey, said that once her husband, Steve, kicked a drug addiction, he replaced it with a shopping habit. When we were about 30000 plus in debt and I was selling books to raise train fare to work, I used to find price tags from Steve's secretly purchased designer clothes deep in the recesses of the closet, the way you might find empty bottles if your spouse was an alcoholic. Yeah. The second thing, 
is revenge. Financial infidelity can be payback when one spouse feels betrayed. Tom, a sales executive in Miami, says his wife became irate after he had a financial setback. When I asked for us to economize a bit, she acted as if I was breaking our marriage vows. I, he, her spending skyrocketed. She went behind his back to Lisa BMW. <laughs> Tom decided his only chance was for solvency was divorced. A divorce can <gasps> stop the hemorrhaging. And number three, social pressure. Just because, you know, you want to make sure you keep, keep up, up with, with the, the Joneses. Joneses. Mm-hmm. And four, that you have different values. Older couples often disagree about supporting adult children. Number five, anxiety, secret hoarding or spending can fulfill a deep emotional need. Often this behavior is not just a matter of deception, but a coping mechanism stemming from childhood. Money hiders, for example, may, I can't see this anymore. I just, it chopped it off. Anyway, number six, affairs. Sexual infidelity and the financial kind can easily go hand in hand. In part because the money for the incidental expenses has to come from somewhere secretly. But even if financial misbehavior isn't funding the extramarital sex, they're often linked. And number seven, self-preservation. Sometimes if your partner is very controlling, you can't reason with that person. By siphoning off money, you are not only taking care of yourself, but separating yourself emotionally from a fraught situation. Several patients this person works with have filtered money given to them for the household to secretly pay for therapy. It's a big thing. Yeah, but Lynn, how do these people not know that all of this money is being taken out of their joint accounts or something? That doesn't, like that first woman you're talking about? Yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. get that. How do you not know that? I, I can tell you, I have a couple who are clients, and the exact same thing happened. The husband was responsible for the financial piece of it because the wife, who was a physician, said, I don't have time for this. So she never paid attention to anything. She didn't look at checking accounts. She didn't go online. And the husband had spent well over a million dollars in crazy types of um, investments that he thought were going to be big hitters. And somehow the only way she found out was that the wife of a guy who was also in some of the same deals mentioned something to her about, oh, it's too bad about that deal that it fell through. She said, what deal? And all of a sudden, the whole world opened up. Anyway, we're going to have to take a break here, and we'll be back with our guest, a guest expert from Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center, and you're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn. Now, back to Laurie and Lynn. everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. 
And my name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director and the financial planner with Women of Substance LLC, which is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. And our guest expert this morning is Angela Powell, who is the um, public affairs liaison with Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center in Clark Summit. Welcome, Angela. Hi, it's great to be back. Yeah, Hi, Angela. We're glad you're here. <laughs> so you wanted to talk today about something that's uh, very important for pets this time of the year, especially during these heat waves that we've been dealing with, right? Right, right. So the topic I wanted to uh, address today is uh, dehydration, which is, you know, equally important in humans as it is in pets, um, considering most humans' bodies are about 40 to 65% water. Um, Cats and dogs are up to 80% water in their tissue. So, yeah, it's very important. Yeah. It's very important that they they keep hydrated because um, just about 5% loss in their water in their body can be considered dehydration and it can lead to some uh, emergency veterinary care and you never want to go have to get to that point for something that could be preventable. Um, So the reason why water is so important it does a lot of things in the body. Um, in pets and humans, it uh, helps your body absorb nutrients. It helps regulate a body temperature. And it even helps aid in digestion to get those nutrients to the right parts of the body. Um, and pets who are dehydrated, um, they have lots of, of symptoms that you can see and and treat before it gets to a certain point where medical care is required. Um, So there's a couple uh, signs that you can be aware of in your pets. If you notice any of these, it might be a a great chance to either call your vet or, you know, try to encourage a little bit more water consumption. Um, And these apply to both dogs and cats. Um, Let's see here. We have dry nose. Um, a little appetite, you know, if they're typically very hungry and all of a sudden they're not. Um, a dry mouth and sticky gums. Um, thick saliva, you know, if they have like kind of that um, that glassy kind of look in their mouth. Um, if they have any kind of sunken in eyes, they look a little bit hollow. Uh, a lot of panting, and if they're acting super lethargic or more lazy than they typically are, any uh, combination of these should be a a little bit of a visual cue to take a closer look. So there are two things that you can do. It's kind of a baseline at home so you uh, have that good standard standard measurement. Um, one thing is called skin tenting, and uh, it's basically you, you go to your pet, you gently pinch the back of their neck on the skin, uh, hold it for a second, and release it. Uh, that should, a healthy, properly hydrated pet, it should snap back quickly, so it should return to its normal shape. If you release the skin 
and it kind of stays in that little uh, tented appearance or it doesn't snap back right away, that could be a sign that your pet is a little bit dehydrated. And this is really, really important for wrinkly pets like bulldogs or mastiffs that have a lot of folds. Um, it can be easy to miss these. So it's really good to do a baseline test just so you know this is what it should be. And if this is not right, then maybe we should look into what could be causing it. Um, there's also a test on the gums. If you are comfortable um, in your pet's mouth, if you apply a little bit of pressure on their gums um, and release, the, the skin should snap back to that pink color right away. Um, if there's a little bit of a delay or if it stays like a whitish color, that's also a sign that there could be some dehydration going on. So these are really great baseline tests just to have in your in your repertoire and just to make sure that your pets aren't uh, dehydrated, you know, on the regular. Um, and, and if they uh, don't pass the test, then what do we do? If they don't pass the test, there's a couple things you can do. Um, of course, prevention is the best. So if they're not doing... If the if the skin isn't ten, if, if the skin isn't returning to normal and the gums aren't returning to normal, um, I would recommend you know trying to encourage more water consumption, whether it's adding a little bit of water to their meals for the day and kind of evaluating to see how they're doing, um, adding an extra water bowl, you know maybe somewhere in the house. I know that my cat likes to drink out of certain bowls in certain places, um, which is always good. Um, just make sure that you have water, especially when you're traveling. Um, if you're noticing that the skin on the back or the skin on the gums um, and you see that these symptoms, uh, the dry nose, the little appetite, I would you know, call a vet and, and explain these things and how long they've been happening and they might be able to recommend something like even adding a little bit of Pedialyte to some water. Um, that would have to be a vet, you know, telling you how much to give so you don't overdose or underdose the pet size. Um, and if it gets to be super severe, then, you know, your vet might even recommend you to come in to... BREC or an emergency clinic and they can administer fluids uh, through the skin. I've had that happen to some of the cats as they aged. Mm -hmm. um, they were dehydrated and I remember that, mm -hmm. that they just pulled up the skin and put a needle mm -hmm. in and a bag of water and right. <laughs> the water went in and was circulated and it was fine. Uh, but mm -hmm. I had a, an, an experience couple of weeks ago where one of my cats got out the front door and I didn't know it and the mm -hmm. next door neighbor came over knocked on the door and said hey do you know that Calvin is outside I said no and oh no <laughs> yes he's sitting right there on the pavers and it was oh, no. well into the upper 80s and I just looked out could see him he wasn't running anywhere he didn't even want to move but he mm -hmm. was panting you know, and I could right. tell he was really distressed, but he didn't know what this was because he'd never been outside like this. 
So I picked them up and I called BREC and they told mm -hmm. me to get them to uh, uh, the basement if I could because it would be cooler down there. And, and he loves it there anyway. Mm -hmm. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, especially the mice that he finds. But, but the other thing, too, is that uh, she told me to put on um, a fan. And she mm -hmm. said, put the, the cat next to the fan, not right in front of it, but next to it so that the cool air is blowing on him. And I right. thought that was a great idea. I never even thought about that. And he was right. fine did within he, 15 did he minutes. Did he stay near the fan? Did he stay near it and yes, felt it? Yes, he just, he just laid down and stayed there. He didn't want to move. Wow. I just he he was so I mean I could see his heart was racing. So oh, I was concerned about. So anyway, yeah. we got him in and and he was fine and he he came back upstairs and drank some water and he was good. But I well, think that was uh, something I never even expected to see that. He's a long-haired cat too. So right. that was a problem. But thank mm -hmm. again kudos to BREC. Because, you right. know, I was ready to pick him up and take him there. And I just thought, no, let me just check first and see what, what I could do here. And it was a good thing yeah. because he yeah. was fine. And that's Aww. something um, I would love to, to touch upon um, in regards to, you know, COVID and how VREC is functioning. Um, yeah. We, we have changed our procedures just a tiny little bit where we're doing everything curbside to keep everyone safe. Um, we're following specific procedures in an effort to minimize exposure to um, other people and to the staff. Um, so what you did by calling BREC first was an excellent uh, step because what we're doing is trying to ensure that there's as little of a wait time as possible. And by that, I mean calling ahead, um, speaking to your regular vet first, just to see if there's anything that they recommend. And if they do say, yeah, we think that that's very important, you know, take your pet to VREC, um, calling ahead so that we know you're coming, that will really, really cut down on the amount of time that you have to wait there for us to be able to treat your pet. Um, so... Please, if you're going to, if you're out there and you're going to consider taking your pet to the um, emergency facility, please uh, call ahead and, and explain to someone over the phone what's going on. And that will help all of our staff prepare for your visit and have any kind of equipment or materials that they need ready to go, especially if it's a, a very critical or a, a time-sensitive case. And we just ask that everyone be as calm and as kind as possible. We all are going through tons of stress right now, stress that you probably didn't even know existed. Um, and our staff is doing their very best. Um, and we just want everyone to try to keep a level head because if you come in panicked, your pet's going to pick up on that. And it's going to make the situation even more uncomfortable. So uh, we're asking, you know, please be calm, be kind, ask questions. And, be n and, and be nice, as I always say at the end of the show. Just exactly. be nice. End of yeah. story. That's all you have to right. do, and everybody will be okay. 
Yeah. And that, Angela, by the way, that goes on both sides, you know, because sometimes the other people, because they're feeling rushed and, you know, anybody in business, you know, the phone's ringing. And sometimes you can right. you can sense it. You can always tell someone when they answer a phone whether how they're going to react. Did you ever notice that? You you can hear it. You can almost mm-hmm. see how they're going to be. And But you're absolutely right. Like, people forget this. You... There's so much, so much unknown right now, right, that we're mm-hmm. looking for all of this and people are just, they're desperate to, to feel connected in some way, you know, and, and they don't, and it's also new that when they're calling there, they're even more fearful now because something could happen and they're like, oh my God, should I go, shouldn't I, can I be there, can I, that, that's a lot of anxiety and then you have a sick animal on your hands, it, it, it's heartbreaking exactly. enough and then you have to deal with that. How how do you find things are going there, Ange? When, as you're saying, when you call, just be patient with everything. How 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 are things happening up there from that end? Well, I know with that there are changes and everything. Right. So we have the whole community, the whole veterinary community in general, has definitely seen an uptick in cases being treated, whether you're at a regular veterinary clinic or if you're at the emergency facility, a lot of people being at home have been able to see things that their pet's been doing that maybe they didn't see before um, or they're outside more and, you know, they're they're exploring the great outdoors with their pets and something happens. Um, so we have seen an increased caseload and we are doing our very best to minimize that uh, wait time Uh, but it does play into where if people call ahead and say hey my pet's experiencing this my vet said please uh, please be seen right away we can gather the materials and get everything that we need ready so that you aren't waiting there with your pet any longer than you have to Uh unfortunately there's always an influx of patients just like a a human emergency room and we never really know what we're going to get until it walks through the door so we have seen some cases that are a little bit more complex and some that are easily treatable and unfortunately we we can't guarantee the amount of time that a, a client will be waiting to hear back from us from their from their pets and their statuses but we are doing everything in our power to get everyone the information that they need when they need it so it really is an ongoing patience um, with the client and and just understanding that our staff is really doing everything that they can uh, with the amount of space the amount of equipment and the, the the amount of manpower that we have in our facility so yeah. we do appreciate and- everyone being patient and and being as calm as they have been. And Ange, if anyone needed your help, can you tell everyone how to get a hold of um, the docs and anyone at the REC? Sure. Um, As everyone knows, we're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you can call us at any time. The number is 570-587-7777. You can also follow us for information on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, and you can always go to our website at vrecpa.com. 
There we go. Well, Ange, thanks for joining us. Thanks for that important information. And uh, pay attention to your cats and dogs and animals regarding um, dehydration. It's very, very important, and it's, um, it can be a game changer. So please pay attention mm -hmm. and take care of yourselves in the meantime. Us, you, we humans walking around dehydrated, which I can attest to the fact that that's happened to me twice this summer. So it's not nice. So anyway, okay, Ange, thank you, and everyone have a wonderful weekend. Lynn, enjoy your weekend. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be safe, and please be nice. Bye. 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 This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.